Welcome back to another episode. This is a bonus episode for the Bench Mob Podcast. We got episode 100 coming later to y'all, but we wanted to give y'all some content, give y'all something to talk about, uh, vote on. Uh, we know Greg gonna come with the hot take, so we'll have some polls to post, of course. With that, we're going to do a little draft recap of everything that happened. But before we even get to the draft recap, A-Rod, draft night, says he wants out. Do you think A-Rod is getting out? And if A-Rod does not play this season, is Jordan Love enough for the Packers? God bless you, whoever that was. What you saying? What Chris said? <laughs> I said, God bless you to Antonio's wife. She out here sneezing, so you got to make sure she's straight. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> but damn, Antonio, we ain't doing no introductions. Y'all know I don't see money, but – uh. We, we, we're not gonna get it to that right now. Time constraints. We gotta we gotta move. Yeah, yeah, facts, facts. No, a a rod demanding he wants out. I mean, that's that's nothing new. We've we've heard, you know, over the past few months that that's the way it was looking and that's the way you know he, he was leaning to. But uh for to actually hear it and put it into perspective, I I don't think he's he's gonna return back with the Green Bay Packers. I think he'll get his way and uh he'll find a situation and a place to end up in, perhaps Denver. Um, who only has Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I mean, A-Rod would, could be their savior if he goes there. Um, but Jordan Love, to answer your question, I don't, I don't think he's enough. Um, but again, he's a, he's a young quarterback, and they can mold him to the quarterback that they want him to be. So um, I'd be curious to, to see how he does in his first season. I mean, it's not like he doesn't have help on the outside with Devontae Adams. And then in the backfield, he has Aaron Jones to swing it out to. Um, and, and, and they've got an okay line. So – I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think their their center had had resigned. So um, I don't think Jordan Love would would obviously be the answer. I mean, you can't compare him to what Aaron Rodgers has done in his career. You know, forty eight touchdowns last year, MVP season. Um, but if if Aaron Rodgers leaves, man, it's going to be a sad, sad day in Green Bay. Matt, you see what he's doing in the cold weather. Imagine if he went to a, a team that that plays in warm weather year round. It's going to be bad for the league. Another thing that calls for concern, Devontae Adams already speaking up, you know, this is last year of his contract. If they don't fix somehow this thing with A-Rod, they losing Devontae Adams too. He's not going to stay for a Jordan Love or a rebuilding situation. What do you think the Packers should do? Like, who should they try to get? Because I don't, I don't see how A-Rod wants to come back in green and yellow. It's, it's, it's a mendable relationship. They can fix this. Um, a-Rod literally said, yo, you guys um, get rid of the GM. 
because his problem is, if you think about it, his problem is the GM. What do we talk about? We talk about the show, we talk on the show all the time about this. They don't draft offensive weapons in the first round. They've never really committed to making sure this guy could win Super Bowl, right? Never. And when you're as good as A-Rod is, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the GOAT conversation. The only reason why he's not in the GOAT conversation, well, to some people, to me, he is. But to, for some people, the reason why he isn't is because he hasn't won enough. But that's right. You can trace that back directly to the moves that the front office has made repeatedly. You don't go get wide receivers in the first round. You don't get him running backs in the first round. You don't you don't dedicate those kind of resources to the offense for him to thrive. When you have a player that good, you got to be all in. It's every year. So that it's the same in every sport. Basketball, no matter who you, you got a star player and a player of that caliber, you got to be in all in every year. And the Packers have been way too conservative. They're a small. They're, they're people get it mixed mixed up with the Packers. They're a they're a blue blood franchise in the NFL. They got a lot of tradition, but they, they operate like a small market team, like an OKC basketball. They just operate like very conservatively. And that's not A-Rod. A-Rod comes from San Francisco. He uses things being moving quickly. He went to Cal, right? Like the guy, he's from he's, he's from the coast. So he pretty quickly. So yeah, they can fix this, but it's gonna take a whole different reset from the organization. It's gonna be really interesting. It's like, yo, does does your star player beat out the organization that has all this tradition? Is he gonna is he gonna take precedent over what they do, what they've done throughout the hundreds of years that they've existed? They can fix it. I don't think they will fix it. I know they try to offer him a big contract. I saw that um come across in the tweet the other day, but I don't think it's about the money. I don't think it's about the money, it's about the principle. You drafted Jordan Love instead of drafting Justin Jefferson. They wouldn't have had Justin Jefferson, but that's just an example. There were some really good wide receivers they passed on. So it's mendable, but I don't think it'll be fixed. I think you can eventually be traded. Maybe not right away, but eventually. Transition into the draft. We had a record eight quarterbacks taken in the first three rounds. This is the most in NFL draft history. You had Trevor Lawrence, obviously number one overall. Zach Wilson went to the Jets. Trey Lance to the 49ers. Justin Fields to the Chicago Bears. Mac Jones to the Patriots. Kyle Trask to the Bucks, Kellen Mond to the Vikings, and Davis Mills to the Houston Texans. I think it's safe to say we're having really a conversation between those first five names or so. Who is going to be having the best rookie season, you think, out of this group right here? Trevor Lawrence, Zach, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. That That's tough because not all of these quarterbacks are going to play in their rookie year, right? They're going to get preseason. Greg's over here like, ah, it could happen. I, I do think it could happen, too, at some point, but they're not all going to start day one. Um, you might see, you know, towards the end of the season, one of them get, you know, three games, for example, Matt Jones. Uh, I don't I don't think he, he's going to, uh, you know, start for, for, for the first game of the season. I think they'll go with Cam. Same with uh, the 49ers and Trey Lance. I think they're going to go with um, Garoppolo and, and ease him into it, right? So um, I think the person that's, put in, in the best position to win um, or not to win, but to have a, a successful career is Mac Jones, just due to the fact that they paired him with Bill Belichick and um, they put him in a system that they know he's going to be comfortable with. The, obviously the most intriguing person that I think uh, to do well in this situation is going to be Justin Fields um, just due to the fact that like, Hey, they moved up to get him. He's going to beat out, Andy Dalton, so you know he's going to get playing time in his first season, potentially week one. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he does, how he uh, plays with adversity, right? They 
it's going to be tough for him. He's going to have to, you know, do what he's done his whole career. And that's prove people wrong pretty much and, and show that he can be the man. So uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's a lot on his shoulders coming into that Chicago Bears situation. Um, and, you know, they're already talking about what is he going to have to do to turn around the franchise, which is the NFL. You know, they put it on the quarterback shoulders right. automatically. But it's a whole lot of whole lot of more problems than Justin Fields in regards of Chicago Bears. When you look at the Jets, do you feel in their overall draft that Miles and anybody else I want to answer is do you feel that they've drafted well this year and in free agency to put Zach Wilson in the best position to be successful? I think so. I think the way they attacked the draft this year was better than anything they've done in the last five years. Like the first four picks were all offense. Like we had one of the worst offenses in the league. We have a rookie quarterback coming in. We need to build him up. We don't, we don't need to take hits and misses here and there on defense, which we could have gone cornerback earlier, but I like the fact they went guard in the first round. They traded up for Elijah Vera Tucker. I like that they got a steal in Elijah Moore who fell out of the first round somehow. And even Michael Carter, I thought he was going to be a day two pick and somehow falls all the way to the fourth round. So I think Wilson, he's going to be in the best position right now because this offense is, they're just going to tailor it around his, his specialties, getting out of the pocket, making plays on the run. Like they're not going to put everything on him just yet, which most rookie quarterbacks you don't because you don't want to give them too much to deal with that first year. You want them to just get used to the playbook and then, as time goes on, as they get comfortable, you you give them more stuff. So I think that he'll he'll have the best year of all the rookie quarterbacks, in my opinion. I'm not I'm not being biased though. I'm not being biased. Uh, I think that. Let me let me let me second that too because I I, I think the Jets had great drafts, and we're gonna get to the, who had great drafts from a team perspective. You're talking about the quarterback, they they did for Zach Wilson in one day in 24 hours what they never did for Sam Darnold. But they never did for him when he was there at all. Through <laughs> four years, Sam Donald watching that jump punch in the air. He'll be all right where he's at. But come on, like they did a really good job for him. Um, I, I like what they did. We're gonna see what Zach Wilson is about early. They got Corey Davis already. Um, we talked about some of the wide receivers they've gotten, and they get Elijah Moore, who I loved, and I thought the Giants were pick. Honestly, I, I thought he was in the first round. I really did. Um, and I liked him a lot. And for them to get him in the slot too, and he had Jamison Crowder, one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. Um, that, that was a really good draft for the Jets. Um, and then Mike Carter, who's got to catch the ball at the backfield via safety valve for uh, Zach Wilson. And the left side of their offensive line is just it's just loaded now, stacked, right? If you're if you're if we're taking into account the idea that this kid Tucker could be that good, then Beckton and him have this the left side on lock. The right side, we'll figure out how that goes, but your blind side's protected, and that's a good situation. So um, he's in the best situation. I think even better than Trevor Lawrence is. I'm, I'm I worry about Trevor Lawrence's situation. We're gonna see because Trevor. The answer is supposed to be Trevor Lawrence. As good as hey, this this was this was the guy crafted by God to play the position. So Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the guy who has the best the best season. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. I think it'll be Zach Wilson, but that, or at least I think he's set up for this for success the best way. Um, but if Justin Fields gets in the field, watch out too. If he could, he could do damage. Uh, we'll see. But I think they're going to hold him out this year. He was there with Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes. He's going to stay true to that that method. He's not. It's not about this year. 
um, unless Allen Robinson puts some pressure on the front office we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I think that Zach Wilson's the guy. But hopefully, we'll, we'll see what Zach would. Well, my, I, I care more about what Trevor Lawrence does because you know, you know how I feel about Trevor Lawrence. Staying in the quarterback conversation, Greg, the Giants do not draft an offensive lineman with any of their picks. Are you confident in the Giants' offensive line, how it is constructed? Your GM already has came out and said he believes in offensive line, unlike most of the media does, which is why they didn't draft the offensive line. Are you in the same mindset of your GM? Yeah, I am, actually. I, I think anybody who watches the Giants and really watches them play will be a lot more optimistic about this football team than anyone on the outside. Um, the offensive line, Andrew Thomas, our first-round pick, struggled for the year. He played with a bad ankle all year, which we didn't know until the end of the year. I'm not going to tell you that. But um, they switched offensive line coaches. I don't know if you guys remember it. There was a big argument between him, Joe Judge, and the offensive line coach that was there. Um, and then, obviously, switched. Joe Judge actually took over, and they played better. That's when the Giants went to the winning streak. Seattle on the road. It's a really nice win. Um, and then they hired someone else, and they just played much better the season. So, yes, I, I think that the, the Giants know what they have in-house. They've, they, they've dedicated so many assets to the offensive line already. So not picking an offensive lineman in, the, in this draft class was not criminal. And especially with all the value they got, we're not going to we'll get to talk about their draft. We'll get to that. But the, 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 with the value they got, you didn't have to take an offensive lineman. You, you, they, they've already given so many assets that I like Matt Hurt. They got him in the third round. He's huge. He can play left tackle if he wanted to. Too. I mean, I like what they have. So I, long story short, I can do this all day. I think the Giants are fine on the offensive line. They'll show up on, on uh, September 8th when they play the Eagles. Oh, yeah, we're going to definitely talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys and the NFC East and that whole we, – we had it live. We didn't – nobody expected that to happen. Chris, before we transition, we're going to talk about the winners and losers. And, of course, like we just mentioned, the NFC East, we have to talk about your Bengals. We all predicted it on here. They did not draft Penny Sewell. They went with Jamar Chase, which was really a chemistry pick because, you know, Burroughs already played with them. They have a rapport already built. What's your takes on the Bengals drafting Chase? And do you think that they built up enough protection for Joe Burrow, though? Uh, I do I do think we, we have enough protection for Joe Burrow. Um, and I think it's more than just the fact that we didn't take Penny Sewell, right? We fired our offensive line coach last year. So that's going to help things right off the bat. We have a new guy in there, fresh ideas, um, evaluate the players and put the best man in, in the, the right positions. But not only that, we drafted three offensive linemen um, within our, our, I believe, our first six picks. Um, so we have bodies that, that are plug and play. We have Jonah Williams coming back from injury. He hasn't really played a, a full season since uh, he was injured in 2018. We went out and got Riley Reef from the Vikings this year, so that's a veteran presence as well. Uh, Trey Hopkins is going to come in and, and start over Billy Price at center. So we we have pieces, and it's just going to be chemistry and, and repetition for, for these guys to come in and uh, build that chemistry around one another. Um, I wasn't thrilled by one of the linemen that we got from Clemson. You know, he we got, kind of picked him when there was other better available players at the same time. Um but again, I understand why they did it. We got some extra picks in the fourth round by, by trading back eight spots. So uh, Jamar Chase, going back to him, it, again, it, it's a chemistry pick, man. And, and he 
he's one of the best wide receivers in this draft and has the potential to be a star in this league. And when you've already seen what he's done with Joe Burrow throughout their career at LSU, having him come to the Bengals to be in a receiving core with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, both Tyler Boyd, who's had 2,000 yard seasons the past two years, and T. Higgins, who really showed flashes that he can be great last year. And then to come in and have Jamar Chase be the number one wide receiver. Yes, Penny's still hurt, but at the same time, um, these young guys, you can you can develop. I mean, the guy that they took from Clemson that protected, uh, I think his last name is Carmen, uh, that protected Trevor Lawrence's blindside last year. He's a Cincinnati kid, so I understand, you know, why they kind of went with him because, you know, those type of people that, that come from Cincinnati and have dreamed of playing, you know, for their hometown team, they're going to work a little harder than the average person, right? So, because they want to make it, you know, that's the team that took a chance on them. So, uh, I'm not mad at, at the picks that we, we made in terms of our offensive linemen. I see a lot of potential. Um, but again, we're going to have growing pains just like everything else. It's it's a rebuild kind of uh, with that new coach coming in. And then, uh, you know, some of these rookies that are going to be fighting for a spot. That Clemson kid is going to be fighting to start at right tackle, uh, a right guard, excuse me. So uh, I'm excited, man. The offense is going to look good. Um Again, there's going to be some growing pains. Joe Burrow's going to get sacked. People acting like if we got Penny Sewell, he wouldn't have gotten sacked. And that's not the case. Like, we got to chill out. <laughs> we got a B dra uh, draft grade, which is better than years past. So, uh, I'm happy, man. Yo, transitioning. You talk about the NFC East. Greg mentioned it. We were on live, and we were all shocked. Like, wait, what? The Cowboys decided to trade. They basically switched picks with the Eagles to draft down to get – a defensive player. They got Michael Parsons. They actually decided six, their first six picks were all defensive players. We all mentioned it on here. Their biggest issue and concern last season going into this season and previous years has always been defense. It seems like Jerry Jones might have met God and made a better decision this year in the draft. Do y'all have any different viewpoints on the NFC East now? Is it still the Giants as the front runner, or are we talking about it might be the Cowboys winning the division? I haven't heard the Giants as the front runner national media. I've been hearing the Redskins. Oh, excuse me. Say it with your chest. It's, it's, the same, it's the same mistake I make every time. The Washington football team <laughs> are, are the, the front runners. I've been hearing that because their defense is just that good. Um, and that's and look, that's fine. Like everyone's people along every day. That's cool. But um, and you know, that that's like if you think about the division, how the landscape has changed, I still think it goes New York, New York, Washington, or whatever order you want to keep these, it's fine. Um, and then you've got the Philly Cowboys there on the bottom half. And I I, I only say that because I don't know how much their defense even if they, they drafted all these guys. I mean, you have to see them get there. The rookies are unproven. It's just, just hard to tell how much better they'll be. Michael Parsons is a freak. And, and I mean, the, the, the Cowboys seem to love their their athletic freak line uh, of linebackers. And that's cool. And they're going to add them into a very good offensive already group. Very good uh, with Van Der Esch and those guys. But um, we, we got to see how that plays out. Um, and then with the Eagles, look. <laughs> They, they, they took Devontae Smith. You saw how happy he looked to be an eagle. He looked so excited, right? That man want to be a giant. I don't care what no one says. Devontae Smith wanted to be a New York football giant. I, I just know it. I'm telling you, but 
Um, he's an eagle, unfortunately for him. He's got his boy Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm happy for Jalen Hurts. I, I'm rooting for him well to an extent. Um, you swear everyone wants to play for the Giants. I can't let that go without. No, it's no, 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 no. It's evidence. It's evidence that that Devontae Smith was talking about. I'm, I'm big blue. I'm big blue nation. I'm solid. Like he was saying all that on Twitter. Like, well, back, it's back in the archive. I'm not, just, I'm not just talking out the side of my neck. I'm telling you. I'm telling you facts. I'm telling you facts, bro. I'm telling you, like he wanted to be a giant, bro. It's just it didn't work out that way. And that's cool, but like, um. They, they go to the problem. They're coach, mainly their coach. All right, and they already weren't great team to begin with. I, I don't know how much better they got through this draft outside of that pick with Devonte Smith. So we'll see um, with them. I, I, I have I, we all have our question marks there. And then um, Washington got better defensively. Their defense is is special. Um, the Giants own them. Those I really don't like the record. Record shows it. Like the Giants own the, the Washington. Um, so I, I'm not really worried about that. And then the Giants, Giants, right? Um, my, my team, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not BSing y'all. That was, that was one, that was the best draft of the Gettleman era. That was the best draft of the Gettleman era. In years past, you know what the Giants would have done? If, if a team had leapfrogged them and take, and taken the guy they wanted, the Giants clearly wanted Devontae Smith, right? They would have, they would have freak, freaked out and took somebody they didn't need to take. All right. And, and I can give you an example. Eli Apple's that guy. I happened with Eli Apple. Okay, they took a team took before him took Jack Conklin. They took Eli Apple. It was a, it was a nightmare. He sucks, right? So you didn't they didn't do that. Instead, they dropped back. They got value. They got a first round pick from next year. They got multiple picks for for next next draft. Where he's gonna be gold. And then you get Kadarius Tony. I didn't know anything about to be quite honest with you guys. But after watching these highlights, yeah, we're we're in good hands. Like that, he makes everyone miss. He's fast as hell. He makes everyone miss. He, his contact balance is ridiculous. I, I'm I'm really excited about him. I'm excited about adding him to the, to the mix. And if y'all don't think Daniel's taking this jump, I, I'm giving y'all one more chance. I'm giving y'all one more chance right now on the podcast. You can admit right now that Daniel's going to take that jump I'm talking about. It's going to happen. And I'm giving you a chance to jump on the bandwagon right now. And, and Chris, don't say nothing smart. Just yes, yes or no. Hold on. Watch him. Well, first of all, watch him out because I was the only one last time we talked about this, who agreed with you that said he was throwing for over 26 touchdowns. It was this bozo up here at the top screen, Antonio, <laughs> that said he wasn't even coming close. So you better watch your mouth. <laughs> I still stand by. It's at most 23 touchdowns, bro. Over, under. I'm taking under 25 on everything. In the organization, they are fully on board. They all think this guy's going to blow up. All right? Now, look, I'm telling you, bro, it's going to happen. I've been watching him long enough. Numbers last year are not indicative of the kind of player he is. They went to a run first scheme. Guys weren't getting open. I am telling you guys, if that happened this year, I'm, I'm so excited about this football season. You have no I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait, guys. I, the Giants did the best job I've seen in years. See, I agree. They had a great draft. But I'm pretty sure it was a lot of people that didn't think OJ was going to do what he was going to do. So just having strength in numbers doesn't mean anything that, oh, yeah, everybody in the Giants organization believes in Daniel Jones. Everybody believed in OJ probably when they got married. And then we saw what happened. <laughs> Yo, I didn't think – I heard OJ. I was like, he's not using this guy. Yeah, I was, I was trying to figure it out too. <laughs> we saw what happened with OJ, so, I mean. Oh. Yo, in all seriousness, bro, I, I really think he's gonna play well. Regardless, bro, I'm telling you, it, it, he's gonna I, play I can't well. wait. 
Just not 30 touchdowns. He's going to play well, just not 30 touchdowns. I don't know how you don't he, – he, yo, game manager, you're going to put 30 touchdowns. He'll walk in the 30. With all those weapons, yeah. come on, bro. Better offensive line bright play. Bro, and then, and then the defense, I didn't talk about the, what they added with uh, Ojolari. Come on, son. They got Ojolari. With, they traded back again and still got Ojolari. And you, that's how you draft. You don't, you see, you don't, you're talking about getting the B grade. See, you draft like that. You get A's for that kind of stuff. That's an A. That's an A draft. You want to see an A draft? Look at the Giants draft. Look at the Jets draft. They just got an A. That was an A-plus draft for the Jets. It was. That's how, that's how you draft the right way. I have never seen the both teams in New York do such a great job in the draft. That was incredible. At the same time, they, they both did great. I can't knock either draft. What team says bad? I, I, I challenge any any of our followers to say something bad about the Giants draft or the Jets draft. If you do, you're just a, you're, yo, you're a hater. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna call you an idiot. You listen to the show. So you you can't be an idiot. Two things you should consider. You consider either being a car salesman or a preacher, because you could probably convert an atheist to God with how you believe into the Giants. You really <laughs> good with it. <laughs> really good with it. Miles, who are your winners and losers of this draft? Obviously, I think it's safe to say everybody on this panel right here agrees the Jets and the Giants had a great draft. So outside of the Jets and the Giants, who are some of your winners? and the losers of this draft? I mean, I think the Bears definitely are one of the winners of this draft. They were able to get a, a quarterback that going into last season, you would have thought he was going to go second behind Trevor Lawrence, but he dropped all the way out of the top 10. And I mean, it hurt to give up a first round pick, but you've people have given up more to get their, their guy. So consider that a steal. You get Justin Fields. You get a lineman, Tevin Jenkins, to block for him in the second round, who some people thought was going to be a first-round pick. I was I was kind of hoping that the Jets would take him with our, our second-round pick just to, to build that line. But, yeah, I like the Bears. I like the, the draft they had. And then who was the loser? I think I think the Cowboys. They just – they went after a lot of linebackers, they got a lot of things going on over there on the defense. They're trying to figure everything out. So you, you build in surplus, I guess. So Michael Parsons is going to play. They drafted Jabril Cox, but Keanu Neal is going to play linebacker for y'all. There's not many slots to put these guys. So it's like they're drafting these guys betting on Van Der Ash is not coming back. And Jalen Smith isn't going to come back after next year too. So if, they end up playing well once those guys are gone, then yeah, those are good picks. But it could have been a reach. Jerry Jones could have traded down, didn't need to draft Michael Parsons, but that was probably Jerry's one pick that he makes every year that has to be a little flashy. So that was one of the teams that that lost in the draft. I think they could have gone with Asante Samuel in the second round and they they passed on him in the the Chargers, who I think they're another team that won the draft, took him. So they got two steals, the Chargers. Chris, winners and losers of this draft for you. Yeah, I would, I would second the Chargers. I mean, getting Rashawn Slater to cover Justin Herbert's blind side after the year he had last year, that just shows like, hey, we're investing in, in you and, and you're our guy moving forward. And, you know, he was he was great last year, rookie of the year. Um and then again, Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, as as another pick for them uh, was a great pick as well. But I really like what the Miami Dolphins did. I mean, they they came and got Jalen Waddle, who we all figured would go there, right? Um, 
and, and Jalen Waddle. They're saying he's the next Tyreek Hill in terms of speed. So we all know what, what he can do. Um, but the one person that I think is going to help them as well is uh, Jashawn Phillips, who's going to help them out on the edge uh, to be able to get into the backfield and put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, which they, they didn't have a lot of that last year in terms of, you know, a lot of the teams that they played, the quarterback had all the time in the world to throw the ball. Um, but one person that – another person that they drafted too that – and I'm not trying to use bias at all is um, Jared Dokes from Cincinnati, the running back last year. He had a great year last year, and he's super athletic. Not only can he catch out of the backfield just like uh, Michael Carter from North Carolina, but he'll run you over. And he's athletic. He's, he's agile. He can juke. He, he's really a whole package. So uh, I thought that was a, a steal that they got. I think they got him in the, the sixth or seventh round. So – uh, I, I thought they had a great draft. And uh, I think in addition to Daniel Jones taking a leap, I think uh, Tua Tagovailoa is going to take a leap as well. Obviously having, I mean, how can you not take, if, if you don't take a leap with Jalen Waddle, something's wrong with you. You're, you are going to be the problem and, and you're going to be out of a job. So he has no choice but to take a leap now that now they got Jalen Waddle. Go ahead, Greg, what's up? You don't, you don't think Tua can take a leap with Jalen Waddle? I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he can't. Okay, then, then put your eyes back in your head. I know. I'm only laughing because I'm only laughing because that, that point was they were saying – see, they were only – they were saying that Tua is going to be better – the Tua is better than Daniel Jones right at this moment. I don't – first of all, I don't – I don't think people we play with would tell you that. That's how, that's how sure that I am. But uh, I, I do agree with you. I think he'll take a jump. I think he will. I like Tua. No, this is not personal. I like Tua. I like him. I like them. I don't. Hold like on. It's not. We we gotta. Yo, what we gotta do after this episode is you gotta take Greg saying this is not personal, and then go back a few episodes and find some clips where he got coming at Tua, bro. Because I feel you, know, you made it seem pretty damn personal, bro. But I was not, it was never we like. We'll let you continue. It was never like that. If I'm gonna go for my draft wins and losers, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, you you guys hit a lot of the Bears. I think the Bears. Um, while the Giants got great value, I can trade the, the Bears. Get amazing, get it. That's a small price to pay for your franchise quarterback, I'd say. Um, to get up, be able to be able to go up there and get him, and think to think that Mac Jones is the only award, and you know, like the only teams that are going to take Justin Fields next, like for sure. So that one is a really good move. Bears, yes, Dolphins, yes. Uh, they got the kid Javon Holland, uh, that safety out of Oregon, it's really good too. He just got a lot of really good. It be really good. Um, the only doesn't hold them back is Tua. You know, it's really yo. It, it, the Giants and Dolphins are very similar. Set very similar. Quarterback plays everything. Um, and then uh, the Browns are uh, the Browns as a winner, man. Like yo, you think about what they did. They they added all these defensive pieces to that team. They got the kid from Notre Dame, but I was supposed to be a first round pick. Um, I can't pronounce his name. I'm not gonna try to. I don't want to disrespect him. But um, you talk about that. Their their problem was in the back end. And you fixed your, you got, you, first of all, you got corners in free agency. You bolstered that in the draft. You got a, an athletic linebacker who can also play corner. He can also play in this slot. He's like a the chess piece. You play him everywhere. Um, yo, they're a Super Bowl team. And they, they, the measuring stick for them is going to be the Chiefs. But they can get out of the AFC. They really can't have Chubb. And if Baker can stay on the right track, which I think he will, I think Baker's figured it out. He's the paid. Um, they have, they're, they're a team that can be, isn't uh, see how they will experiment, but they also won in this draft. Chargers getting Slater, where they did big win to protect Herbert. That's huge. 
Uh, I'll be honest, I don't know what the hell they did for the rest of the draft, but I know that that pick was huge <laughs> for them. So that, that's that's big. Um, and if you talk about, I, I, during the draft, a lot of teams had good drafts. You saw we you sent us that chart from PFF where they had the grades, right? Um, Raiders. They, they, well, you know how that goes. You know, look, look, he, he knows the Bengals are some losers. <laughs> he said, who? Yeah, I mean. I'm not gonna say the Bengals lost, but I think Jamar Chase is a good pick. I, I think they invest their investing. You know, in you know, you can't. You know, the Bengals ain't lose. I, I think Penny Sewell would have been the better choice, more logical. But I, a lot I, of I, people do. A lot of people do, but that don't mean we lost. Okay, fine. I'm not. I'm not gonna say y'all lose. Y'all did. Y'all was average. Y'all did. Y'all did about the average. Um, if I'm, if I'm gonna get say there's some losers, I, I would say uh, the Jaguars to me were a little weird. Yes, you drafted your franchise quarterback. Everything after that was just weird. Why they go? Why they draft a ten? I love it, and he's good, but why? Yeah, that pick didn't make any sense. It was a weird pick. They already had the Robinson kid who, who played well, and everyone talks about him. He he played well. I, I don't understand that investment from them to double up on the art running back room, especially in the first round. With your second first round pick, it makes no sense. That's like you make that pick if you're if you're straight everywhere else. If you got a good defense, you got a good offensive line, you got a good great special teams play. They weren't set everywhere else. They're a terrible team. Well, I don't understand that pick at all. So that was weird. It was almost like they picked him for Trevor Lawrence, right? And here we go. We're going to be catering to Trevor Lawrence. Look, he better, he better play well, bro. He better play well. You see how they're moving over in Jacksonville. they over here signing Tim Tebow and, and you know, on some nepotism stuff. You see how they're moving. Right. That's not going to sit well in the locker room. If Trevor Lawrence don't come in, the kid who looked like Jesus, that's what they say. Jesus was, Jesus was not white. But they say, you know, like, you look like Jesus, and you come in, you don't play well, it's going to be problems in Jacksonville early. And it's going to be a short lease for Urban Meyer. So um, that that could be an issue. That could be that could be an issue in itself. I think they're a loser in this draft. But I there's more losers in this draft. I, um, I, I'm not coming up. I, I think the Eagles will lose. I don't love what they did. Devontae's a good player. I wanted Devontae. He's going to be a good player. But a great player. I like him a lot. But I, I don't know what else they did in this draft that was really great either. Um, I like Landon Dickens. Landon Dickens, but other than that, it's weird. So that, that's my take on it. But, Real um, quick, right? So I'm glad you brought that up. Perfect transition. Urban Meyer. So I was talking to some of our followers today, and some of them, a lot of them are comparing him so far, his tenure to that Chip Kelly tenure, where he's just doing whatever he wants to do the Tim Tebow signing, a lot of people question it. Uh, the coach he tried to hire, who we all know what that situation was, he would have kept him on staff if it didn't blow up. What are your thoughts on Urban Meyer so far and his decision makings that he has as an NFL coach now? I'm in agreement. It's very Chip Kelly-esque to me, and I don't think they make the playoffs this year, and I give him two years and he's gone. They definitely not making the playoffs this year. His, his... His decisions have been impulsive. It have been quick decisions that don't seem like it comes with a lot of thought for someone of his stature and, and what, what he brings to the game of football. Um, you already alluded to the fact that, uh, you know, months ago he was going to hire that coach and that got out of hand pretty quickly. Uh, but this Tim Tebow signing was, is ridiculous. Uh, the, there's there's more qualified players out there, I'm sure, at the tight end position. I'm yeah, Obviously, they, they signed Eifert last year. They struggled there. Eifert struggled with health issues his whole career. Uh, but Tim Tebow is definitely not the answer. Now, is Tim Tebow going to come in week one and be the starter? No, uh, probably not. But at the same time, 
you know, what does Tim Tebow signing on your team do? He's never played the tight end position in the NFL, and he's been out of the league for almost damn near a decade. So I, I just don't – and Greg, Greg brought up a great point about the ETN signing. It's like you're almost doing it for Trevor Lawrence um, because, again, ETN didn't need to be drafted there at – you know, for, for their second pick. So. I want to clarify that his his talent level is the first round talent. He's very, very, very good. Of course, but they talent. have a running back already that had exactly. a great year yeah. last year. This didn't make any sense. Unless they're trying sense. to do a Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt type deal. Kareem Hunt and, type you know, thing. It could work out that way. It could work out that way for them, but it's just they had other pressing needs. It didn't make sense in the first round to allocate that kind of resource to it. Like, why? Why running back there? It didn't make any sense. The Urban, Urban Meyer thing, and I, I'm going to let, you know, Miles take us out because I, I'm, in, I'm in chatting. But the the Ur, Urban Meyer is just operating like a guy who is crazy entitled, crazy entitled. We talked about this already. It was the same thing when he tried to hire that strength coach. He thinks he's above everyone. He thinks he's above the law, right? That's what he thinks. He, he came into the NFL, and he's just come out here, coming out here like he's got nothing to lose. You could lose your job, bro, like that quick. Like it's not that quick. Like, what you did in college does not matter here. It does not yeah, matter. Yeah, but it seems not like he's, he's operating for headlines. But, but that, that, you see, I don't know if it's for headlines per se. Uh, yes, I, I agree. The Tebow thing is for headlines and to sell tickets. It will sell tickets. But people are going to sell out that place to go watch Tim Tebow. They just people love Tim Tebow, right? And we can talk about why. But we don't have time. We don't have time. I'd love to talk about why. We don't have time. But um, the, the big – it's not about why. No, no. No, no, for real, you don't know. You don't know I'm gonna take that. You don't know I'm gonna take that. Just wait. Maybe, maybe in the next show, I'll, I'll take it. Um, but with him, I, I, Urban Meyer is just acting like a, look. Urban Meyer is acting like a guy who's incredibly privileged, and he's take he's just he's taking this all, and he's he's running with it. Blow up all his face. You know what I mean? Like he, it, it's more than just the headlines. He thinks he really thinks he's untouchable. That's really what he's at. He's he's at. That's my take on. I think Tim Tebow really was signed because they need um, a part of Urban Meyer. He cleared house a lot of positions. I think one of the positions that he did fire was chaplain. So they're going to need somebody to pray uh, before the games. Um, so I think that's where Tim Tebow will be the MVP. He'll be the best chaplain in the NFL. <laughs> um. Yeah, transitioning from that. Um, yeah, Urban Meyer, he's doing a lot that doesn't really make sense. Like he's bringing in, he's trying to bring in his own guys, which most people try to do. But when they're questionable decisions that you're doing, like you bring in, a, like, like Chris said, you brought in a coach who has a questionable past as a coach. Then you bring in a, a player who never in his life played tight end yet you sign him over other guys that have played the position all their lives. So clearly it's to bring a little more attention to the Jaguars. I mean, you don't, you don't need that. You got attention on you already. You got Trevor Lawrence, the guy they crowned the, the best quarterback in the last two decades to come out. So honestly, I don't, yeah, I don't see him lasting that long. If he continues on this route, like Trevor Lawrence, he'll, he'll be fine. Like he'll he'll last longer than Urban Meyer will in in Jacksonville, even if he's playing bad. They'll blame it on Urban Meyer and all the moves that he's made, and move on to the next guy. So, 
he's got to you got to figure it out like this is not college you can't just pick and choose who you want and and get away with it like this is the nfl these are grown men who have bills to pay kids to feed like none none of this stuff is going to fly so any of those tight ends in that group they're going to be looking at him sideways because it's like if if Tim Tebow can make it in the, the NFL as a tight end, like, what does that say about my coach? Like he, he clearly doesn't evaluate talent. Mm. Like I thought, like he's a good college coach and there's a lot of good college coaches like Nick Saban, great college coach, but it's different from college to the pros. Like is not everybody can make that transition. So we'll see that. I think more, the second thing people are going to look at in Jacksonville is how Urban Meyer translate, translates his college success to the NFL. Yeah. Like I said, I say Urban Meyer, he doesn't even finish out his contract there. He's going to get fired. Um, Trevor Lawrence, like you said, he'll be fine. But Urban Meyer is the typical white man in America, entitled, privileged. I can do whatever I want. And what is a repercussion? What What is that? So, honestly, Urban Meyer will be fine, too. We'll see Urban Meyer get another job somewhere back in college, something like that. So he'll be fine. He'll get paid. He gets fired. No, no sweat off his back. His family and generations are good for, for a good while. He was justifying this decision by saying, oh, yeah, Tim T was like a son. And I just, I whenever I, when I heard that this morning, I was just like, yo, like, there's no, you couldn't be anything other than a white dude and get the benefit of the doubt. Like, you could, there's no way, bro. Like, no one else is applauding this. Like, Tim T wasn't played football since 2015. He wasn't even a good quarterback. Like, people love, yo, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to go on this rant. Like, we can't even do this. <laughs> Next episode, we'll be talking furthermore about Tim Tebow and how he's back in the league. We, of course, going to have to bring up and talk about how in a draft seven rounds, I believe 256 picks total, if y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but out of 256 picks, not one player from an HBCU was selected this year. Also, something that we're going to have to talk about uh, with the HBCU program and them trying to get players into the NFL. So definitely got some stuff to talk about in the next episode, episode 100. Y'all going to be really excited. It's a surprise for y'all. Y'all going to see it. But Bench Mob, we out. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. Peace. I ain't even going.